you can embrace it and try to discover it for your community, or you're going to be left on the door and someone else is going to be telling you how to do it. So my mindset is if we're so new and cutting edge and I want to be a part of Philadelphia as a major destination that's a diverse city, um, I would be in just not to really dive in and be a thought leader on that, but even just as the industry overall, because when decisions are made, I want to be able to have a voice at that table and say, I was part of that decision. We were part of making that happen. I can explain that to my community. I can explain it to other runners how this came to be. If you don't have a voice at the table, you can't make change. Welcome to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast, the show that explores the why of running for people who love to run. I'm Nikki Tamburino, also known on Instagram as One Classy Mother Runner. And today we're talking about diversity in our sport with Philly race director, running USA board member, and owner of all fitness events, Kathleen Titus. We met last May at the Buffalo Marathon and remained in touch bonding over a passion for running and how to make a difference in the community. I invited her on the show as a friend and someone I admire and respect, but I had no idea we'd dive into this topic of inclusion in our sport and how leaders like her are working to ensure everyone feels represented at our races. As the city that loves you back, it's no wonder Kathleen was chosen as race director for the Philly Marathon. She is all about returning the love she feels for this sport and our athletes. I can't wait to share her with you. Before we begin this episode, we will be covering the topic of transgender athletes in sport, and there have been a few developments to this rapidly evolving topic since we recorded, including the World Athletics ban on transgender women from competing in female world ranking events that goes into effect today, March 31st. Today, March 31st, is also International Transgender Day of Visibility. And while there is still much to learn when it comes to understanding the conflicting needs and rights between different groups, I believe everyone deserves to feel like they belong in our community. And I'm honored to be connected with people like Kathleen who are dedicated to being a voice that inspires change for the benefit of those who need to be seen. Stay tuned after the show for a sneak peek at our next episode. But for now, let's welcome Kathleen. Okay. So, um, so yeah, like this weekend, it's going to be like, what, like four degrees tomorrow or something like that. Right. Like, is that we're 20, I think 29 today, 27 tomorrow and then 47 on Sunday. It's so weird. I swear it's like single digits tomorrow. And the only reason I'm not really freaking out is the, and it, it, it has been cold. Like I've been going out in the morning. I'm like, gosh, it's cold and it's like a little windy, but, um, it, I remember one winter here and it was really, it was like single digits and we still went out. Like I remember my eyelashes freezing and like, so I'm like, I know I've done this. I know it's like possible to run in this. This hasn't um, been in a while. Global warming yeah. is quite comfortable so far to this time of year, at least here I know. And you're not that far from me. So. Right. I And so my parents, they moved to um, South Carolina and we have, uh, we have a house in North Carolina. And so we visit there, but every time we go to visit there, it's like, there's like cold, a cold front. So like, we're always bringing the cold front, cold weather there. And so we expected them to bring the warm weather back with them, but that's not how it worked out. You know, so. Well, then you're not coming to visit me because I don't want it any colder. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I know. God. Um, but anyway, yeah. So how, like, what have you been up to? Like, uh, are you just run, training for anything or, or just kind of like running for, for sanity right now? 
Running for sanity. Um, I'll do Disney. Friends of mine, um, and Stacy's another running coach, Stacy Gross. Um, she works with us. Her husband is looking to do his first race. So they're going down to Disney. So I'm doing springtime in the park in Disney. It's a 10 mile run in Orlando. You froze. Tell me if you can hear me. I won't take a picture of how you froze. Now it's just, now it's your picture. There you go. Now you're back. Okay. Moving. Yep. Moving. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, that in the background. <laughs> okay, cool. We're all here. We're everybody's. We're, it's one big happy family here. It's um, all good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's this is this is actually this is perfect. This is this is just real, you know. Um, so I yeah, I'm editing a podcast right now, and literally I did try to do it downstairs, and the same thing happened, and I was just getting like flashbacks. I'm like, oh yeah, I actually don't think our internet is great down there. So I was like, this is just whatever. Whatever. It's it works. Fine. It works. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And this is this is just super casual anyway. Um, so anyway. Uh, we were just talking about what you were, how you, like what you were doing right now, training wise and stuff like that. <laughs> you're on, um, you're on the podcast. If you don't mind when you walk by, you should just give a wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You give like a piece. Um, but anyway, yeah. So what do you, uh, well, let me introduce you first. Cause that's like, nobody even knows who I'm talking to, but all right. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure where we were with this yet. You know so. what? Like, I'm still figuring it out. I'm not really sure what's going This is just, <laughs> it's all over the place today. All right. Um, guys, let me first introduce you to our guest today. I'm speaking with Kathleen Titus. She is the race director of the Philadelphia Marathon and the owner of All Fitness Events, a company dedicated to supporting athletes through their fitness event consulting services. Uh, Kathleen was recently selected as one of the five running USA board members, and she is the only woman to have ever served on the board. That is amazing. Um, That's I not want... true. Is that a lot? What? I am not the only one. There's other women on that board. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Cut. Um, really? All right. Well, let's. Where, where'd you pull that from? I have no idea. It's in my outline. I don't, and you know what? I put this together like, I don't know, a couple months ago, but I'm sure that that wasn't true then either. No, no. There's <laughs> been plenty of women on this board. Okay. Well, <laughs> not the only woman uh, on the board. One of one of the women on the board. I don't know. I, I don't know where the heck I got that. Um, does the next part even make sense? I want to know the story that led to her purpose. Why running? And to learn what it's like behind the scenes of our sport. So that all still makes sense. Just not not being the only woman ever on the board. No, no, there's plenty. <laughs> Including the CEO who was Donna Stone, who's no longer there, who was female. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. That's good. All right. Um, so I guess we'll start with, um, tell us a little bit about, can you tell us a little bit about your um, all fitness events company? Sure. Uh, it started, my background is in large conventions, hospitality, tourism, international marketing. So bringing uh, international visitors into the United States and different destinations. And I'd worked in different areas all through, throughout the U.S. And then before I left to start All Fitness, I was the head of tourism for the city of Philadelphia. Um, but I had run all over the world in 15 different countries because I had offices in those countries. And because I was traveling so much and getting burned out, I thought, what do I want to do? Um, I can't be a pro racer. I'm just not fast enough. Uh, so I was like, okay, let me try looking at 
producing events. So when I started the company, it was Renoga run yoga and like, what is your, I was into running. It was into yoga. I still am, you know, what's your, and um, and then it kind of morphed. People started asking me to help produce races. So I was race directing. I was course certifying at the time and then owned some races. And then through evolution, I realized that there was a need for marketing, especially social media marketing yeah. to fitness events of all scales. And people just were not doing a very good job. Everything was ad, ad, ad. It drove me crazy that there really wasn't content behind it and stories and authenticity and engagement. So I started to go down the social media path with it and then really dug into websites because a lot of the races had these microsites and you would see a race pop up for maybe three months before the race would start and then it would go away. Yeah. Until that race came again, unless you were a large event, like a New York, a Philly, uh, the, the different ones, but even Philly at that time didn't really have a robust social media platform on it, but it would just start and stop, start and stop. And I was like, no, you have to do this all year long. Um, so the city had asked me to come back. So I started all fitness events and really just working with different races across the country on helping them with their social media marketing. And then from there it was you know, race logistics. And I'm like, yep, I do. I do. Okay, great. Can you go run our course and then tell us if you like it uh, and then give us some feedback. So then I started running these courses and I was like, oh, you could do this. You could do that. So it really evolved um, yeah. all fitness into digital from video content to staging your photographs when you're coming in and talking to events from behind the scenes for the runner experience. Um, taking some background and some skills of what I've had from traveling all over and saying, if you want to enhance your race, here's what you can do on a small budget. Here's what you can do on a larger budget. So we kind of took off uh, in that direction. And I was working with Philly. When I came on with Philly, uh, the first two years we were there, we grew their numbers by 16, 18%, and then 20. We were probably one of the fastest growing races. And all it really had to do is just shifting our digital marketing. And we were just crushing it with ads. Yeah. Uh, COVID came and we made it through COVID. We took a lot of races virtually, taught them how to go virtually. We had already been doing uh, Zoom calls for us were are part of my business. I mean, all of my staff and everybody were across the country. So it wasn't a big deal for us. So we started teaching people how to go virtual okay. and creating virtual races. So we were probably one of the few companies that didn't go out of business during COVID mm -hmm. because we were helping people go digital. We were helping them go online and come up with different ideas and concepts. And then last year, the city had asked me if I would take over as race director. Uh, and that was during COVID, right? Uh, and I had written a COVID plan for them in oh, June when they yeah. didn't have a race director. But I had been engaged with them the whole time. Yeah. Because uh, we were doing all their social media, their email campaigns, their website, like anything you can think of digitally and marketing and branding, going to expos. I would represent them, you know, running different races and just had the connections throughout the country that they said, would you take over as the race director? So I jumped in last august for november races interim race director and then they put an rfp out and here i am they brought me back so yeah. <laughs> wow that's a lot like how do you even manage all of that because you have this company that you're running which is dealing with like a bunch of different marathons and helping them with social media and planning but you're also like the main race director for philly so is your i i mean and i know just from talking to other race directors like at directing race is like a full like year job like it's year round like even though the race is like one season like you're just working on it like from the the you know minute the one people cross the finish line to the one or even before that you have yeah. to be planning for the next year right yeah so we started in 20 we opened right this was the first year that we opened registration for the following year race weekend 
So we yeah. were working on 2023 before we, the race had never done that before. And I, I was like, there's an advantage. You need to open for 2023. Let the people who are coming in, coming to the expo, let them sign up, let them hear more about mm -hmm. it and really took advantage of that. And you know, it right now we're a quarter of our way to our numbers because we wow. had a plan and we opened right then and there. So we've got a great jump on the start of the year. But it does. It starts the day that, you know, before the race even begins, you're already thinking about what can I do for next year? What can I do for next year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and it is year round. But luckily, I have a diverse staff on um, most of the stuff that we do, being that it is digital and social. It's looking they're in their race and they go to those races or I'll go to those races. And some of them overlap where one year I'll go like OC marathon overlaps with the broad street run one year I'm out at in California doing the OC the next year I'm here broad street, you know, and I'll go back and forth, but my staff is really well-tuned and a well-oiled machine of knowing what they need to do. So it's easier to tap meet with them weekly and say, okay, what is the content? What is our strategy? And, you know, have meetings with the clients where they kind of run that, that piece of it. I just kind of oversee it direct and have the vision. And then yeah. they, they're like, okay, we know what to do. And the difference with us and other marketing agencies is that because we're so niche down in the fitness events, we can onboard a client really quick. Mm -hmm. But if you go to a general marketing agency that might be real estate, might do restaurants, diners, or just happen to be a top brand marketing agency in your location, they really don't understand this market. Right. So it, you have to educate them, which takes a lot of time. They have to babysit them, monitor to, to take a look at the stats where, we pretty much have, no, this is all we do. I get people all the time. Will you build us a website? Will you run our social media? How do you 10X your ad returns for clients? Uh, as a, because we don't do anything but this. Like right. We really, we eat, sleep, okay. live, breathe this. And everybody is an athlete that works for me. That's Except for amazing. my IT guy is the most amazing water stop guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that amazing. They're like one of the most important people in the races, the volunteers. He's a great cheerleader. He's great with setup. He's fantastic at a water station stop, but he's involved in, in the sport from the volunteer side of it, where everybody else kind of participates in some way, shape or form as a runner or a climber. I have one that's an equestrian rider, another that loves Zumba. So there's got to just have some fitness centric that you can relate to the audience. Right. The cool thing is because you work with all these different races, like I feel like Philly just gets like the best because you can take all these ideas from all these different races and just incorporate <laughs> the best ideas and make Philly like the most epic marathon ever. Yeah. And, and they feel the same. They're like, yeah. well, if you do this for Philly, can you do this for us? And I'm like, yeah, well, this is how it works. This is, and, and they're different because you're in different market segments. So they never really compete with each other, but it is, it is a fantastic way to learn. I'll say that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Philly, uh, I, you know, I ran Philly this past year and I went to the expo probably eight times. Like I just, it was so much fun. Like the whole experience, I really just tried to enjoy the experience of racing. Like I know, you know, obviously the marathon is like the big highlight like event, but I had so much fun the whole weekend. I was like, I'm going to have so much fun during the entire weekend that if the race doesn't go like I want it to, like I still had the best time. And I did like, it was just so much fun. There were like the speakers and, um, you know, Bart Yasso and like everybody that was there, they were, it was just like a great like group. So like when you're going to pick the people that you have speak and stuff like that, like how do you decide like who you're going to bring in um, to Philly for like the athletes? So when I started, we didn't have a brand ambassador program or a robust pro series like we have now. Yeah. So when I came on board um, in 2017, 
really like I took a look at it at 18, 17. I ran all three distances. I did the 8K to half in the fall, um, yeah. ran all of them. And the craziest thing, they had GoPros on me and everything and trying to have me take the video footage of running the course. And it was horrible. It was, oh, I had, then they put this big stabilizer on me and I'm running around with this stabilizer. I'm like, guys, I can't run with this for a marathon. <laughs> I look uh, ridiculous. Yeah. But I did that to, I was trying to take a look at the course and see what we could do. Um, but one of the things I started in uh, 18 was a brand ambassador program. And at that time, it was January of 18. I said, this is what we want to do. And I, I, I went and I said, the city said, well, who do you want? I'm like, I want Meb Kifleski and I want Des Linden. I said, these are the two people I want. These are top of the game. Now, this is before Des even won Boston that Boston, year. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we were able to contract her and Meb was at the top of his game yeah. at that time. But it worked for him, for both of them, because it came right after New York. So <laughs> both agree, sign, and it was a home run with both of them because obviously des here's a female us female and she wins and then we started a just a general brand ambassador program where i wanted to have people who were coming in to do the race on all different levels every race so whether they're running ak half uh full globally to be our brand ambassadors to start talking about philadelphia to spread the messaging to let people know about the race but then even how you know from different levels some were pring at boston running a three-hour marathon some were like hey i just want to get through my first 8k i lost 150 pounds and i went oh yeah yeah there's different reasons for them being there and others were just i want to be a part of this right. so right. we started the global brand ambassador program which then started to make our speaker series something more robust because i did the meet and greets with meb and des and then it became alephine and meb this year it was jagger and alephine and it's kind of evolved uh, and as we were going through that, we started to look at who do we want to attract? And for me, diversity was a major factor. I wanted our brand ambassadors to be diverse in ethnicity, gender, ability, right. um, all these different ways that you can see yourself and want to say, I see myself in right. this. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of how the speaker series started to evolve. And this year we had Chris Koch who um, one of our big pushes was the wheelchair athletes and para athletes. Yeah, because he was the skateboard guy, right? Yeah, so he has no yeah. limbs and he yeah. did the marathon in four hours. Right. Um, he uses a skateboard and people are like, is that an advantage? I'm like, no, he breaks going down. And if you see him, he can't, his, his, and his foot's actually backwards. So his foot looks, his toes face his, his butt and his heel is in the front. Yeah, I saw that. The yeah. most amazing human being ever. Just right. salt of the earth. He's like, you can't complain about what you can't do. Talk about what you can do. I'm like, exactly, here yeah. he yeah. is coming down a hill and he's stopping himself so that he's not like riding the hill down. He yeah. is working it. Um, So we were able to really look at the adaptive side of it again everybody, we want this to be all inclusive, you know, and now we're really trying to look at the non-binary, the transgender, the LGBTQ. Yeah. We've had athletes that are out there uh, participating in it, but they haven't really spotlighted themselves in that area. Okay. So uh, we engaged with the local community just to say, okay, what do we need to do to be better in this space? The same as we did with uh, the African-American population, the Latino population, the abilities. We kind of just, I kept going back into these communities saying, what can, what can we do to engage with you all year long? And that's where I found the brand ambassador program was it because some people felt we well, only want to engage with me at certain times. I'm like, no, I want to engage with you for the year. Like uh -huh. when I'm, I'm talking to you about this, it's not, okay, it's black history month. And I want to talk to you just, you know, um, about yeah. everything that was, um, related to that or 
women in history or whatever it was. It was really, we want people to come onto the platform and have conversation with us all year long, oh, yeah. uh, which was different because okay, it didn't yeah. matter who you were, even the Asian population, because at points in time, there's been tension. I was like, no, you, you all are running. Just come be a part of our brand ambassador program. Come, you know, we want it multi-languages where people could post in Spanish. You know, we have another one that was posted in German. Um, to have that piece of it that we have such a strong Spanish community just in the United States, but how cool is it that you can follow our page and follow our ambassadors and some of it is in your native language. Um, right, it's so inclusive, yeah. And it, like the diversity and it just, it, because you have all those different areas covered, like it's so relatable, like everybody can relate to like somebody. And so like how, like for the brand ambassadors, how willing are they to participate? Like are people like just like really excited to participate in it? Are they a little bit hesitant? Like how did, how did the ambassadors feel? Like I know you had a really cool story about some of the elite athletes and like, you know, being there for the finishers and stuff. Yeah, and that was something that Meb started. Um, Meb just went to the finish line one day and all of a sudden we're like, all right, we'll have finish line activity. And that's probably the highlight for the pro right. athletes. Yeah, 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 had never done that and said it was life-changing. Here she is, a pro athlete who was the number one in the 2020 Olympic trials. And she wins that as the top US marathoner. You had never been on the receiving line of what it's like. She's like, oh my gosh, to see all these people come across. <laughs> it's like, I only took it as I want to get across and that's all I cared about. But wow, to see these stories. So they, we started to incorporate that more and more, including our brand ambassadors to be on that receiving end. But our ambassador program's really stringent. One, everyone has to register to run and pay for it. So we don't have like a free program. So there's skin in the game. They have to post every week about what they're doing. Now it's just their training, but we follow it. And if you don't follow our rules, you will get kicked out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have court. We every month we have um, a zoom twice a day like, on one day. We'll split up based on time zones where all the ambassadors can come together and congregate and talk. And we try to find out different things. Like we want to make sure that they know each other by the time they get to race weekend that for them, it's a reunion. Um, we also are looking for engaging ways for them to engage with their followers, but then also for us to say, okay, what kind of contest do we want or promotion or what can we talk about that aligns with them? Because it's not easy to start posting about your marathon training from, and we started in April and that was too early from June through November. And it's really a commitment and right. to, to do that every single week to say, okay, I've got to post to this. I've got to make sure I'm engaging. And then we give them all kinds of swag and meetups and they got to meet with the pro, the elites. Um, and then we have the elites that come on the webinars and we do different webinars with them. And this they were year, so good. Yeah. we'll even expand that um, even more to where we'll have more community people come on. Uh, so we've done it for years with the elites, but more and more as the brand ambassador program came to be, it was, okay, let's really bring in people from the community. So can we have somebody coming in that's talking about non-binary um, and what it's like to be a non-binary athlete? Can we have someone come in from um, Black Girls Run? that wants to talk about, you know, running from their perspective or Latinos in motion or athletes with disabilities, a para Olympic athlete or a Michelle Wheeler, who's a pushroom athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that again, it's just, how do we expand that reach so that people can find ways to feel like they're, they're included. And during difficult economic times, running is really a sport that you don't need much to do it. Right. So you need a pair of sneakers. It makes sense, yeah, to have, yeah, include everyone. Yeah. Um, so it, it, just interesting 
to think about like when you're talking about non-binary and transgender like how are you how do you guys deal with that like with you know there's controversy on like how are they place like what are they like what's the latest on that that is all consuming right now um it yeah. is tr we're trying to figure it out we didn't get it right uh, I don't think anybody is. We're fumbling through it, and now we have a really concentrated effort. We, I will say we fumbled through it a little bit um, last year. We made a lot of strides and in initiatives to make sure that security was aware of um, the non-binary athletes, that if you had to get screened, you ask somebody, would you like to be screened by a male or a female? You just don't assume what somebody's sex is. Okay. Uh, we made changes with our bathrooms to be gender neutral. You know, within the expo center, convention center, you know, the porta potties, VIP, um, one of them didn't get changed. You know, we're, we're trying to make sure that we're inclusive as far as the prize money goes. Uh, we didn't do anything with prize money last year as we were trying to navigate this. It yeah. was really, you can register and compete. This year's initiative is okay. How do we align? And I'm on the board of running USA and I'm having right. these conversations with them and USATF and the majors to say, how do we look at this? Um, you know, and, and how does it become part of our running races? How do we set set times for elite that want to come in non-binary? Because you do have Nikki that wants to say, you know, I'm non-binary, but I compete as female. You know, then there's others that I'm non-binary. James, who won our wheelchair division, is non-binary, but he competed as male. So okay. we're reassessing all of that yeah. this year, uh, really having a lot of conversations. I'm having a lot of conversations with not only the community for the first time to hear what they're saying, but also with people with other large-scale races to say how do we go in to set these guidelines i'm not sure uh governance will come before our events i think our events will do it to set a guideline for governance because it's it's really trying to figure out how do we do it so it's new yeah. right and i feel like last year everybody kind of scratched the surface with okay can we just get a non-binary category and then it's getting timers to come in and it's getting our scripting to be correct that somebody comes across the finish line, you're using they and them, but you're not just always using they and them. Mm -hmm. you, you are able to say he or she, but yeah, there's so many people's thought, you get conditioned. So our announcers have to be conditioned to speak different. You know, right. the scripting had to be redone. So we did a lot there, but at the end of the day, we had some hiccups um, when it came down to the results. And for us, there was a technical glitch to put everybody in that category into mail which should have, shouldn't have happened. And it did. And we, we rectified it. Um, but it, it, it wasn't as good as it could be. So I really have a strong effort on that this year. Yeah. Cause I like, I've always wondered how that would work going forward. So I can see how there'd be like a ton of conversations going on about it. If, and if it would be based on how they identify or like, if it's a completely different, like gender category, like, is that like, is like, what, how does that work? Yeah, I think for Philly, like we're we're going to be different because we have a mass start, male and female. But yeah. you get into races like New York, Chicago, Boston, there's a male field, there's a female field. Um, we know that there's an elite non-binary field that right now have just chose to had to identify as male or female because of their race. Uh, that we're all trying to figure out there's not enough data, but I think there is. Let my this is my personal opinion is. I think whoever crosses the line one, two, three, it shouldn't matter what you are. It should just be open. You know, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Oh, that makes are, sense. Yeah. If you're the first one across and you're non-binary, you should get that first place prize. If you're second, you should get it. If you're third, you're third. Then if you want to scale it down to saying male, female, mm. first non-binary, mm. and you know, then you've got to look at your data and say, does the data warrant like we already know male and female, it warrants you to go five deep in a category. But okay. 
it would be really tough. And, and yeah, the, we're having so many of these conversations around <laughs> yeah. this because it's yeah, really yeah. difficult to say, do we have enough athletes to go five deep and non-binary or right. is that second person going to be 900th or a thousandth? And is that really elite? But then that's where the timing comes back and how you position yourself. So, yeah. and you don't want to say no, like one of it is put the category there, they'll come out. And the other is, okay, we're not going to put the category there until they come out. So it's kind of the chicken and the egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're, I'm, I've spent an immense amount of time research and I'll keep doing it. Um, sure. I'm really leading that with running USA to make mm -hmm. sure that we come out with something until governance gets there. And I want to make sure that when it comes out with Philly, Philly's a city of firsts. Uh, and this is one of the things I really yeah. want to take a look at is, and it was first with pride and it was first with, um, you know, many things that can we be a part of that change, but we really want to make sure that the race that we put on, can the other races in the city adopt the same philosophy? Uh, and if it's not about, and it's not always about money, it's also about what's our marketing look like? You know, do, do can they see themselves in our marketing? Everybody made this effort to say, okay, we want diverse marketing where you do see mixed people from an ethnic side of things, but you really can't tell, like when you say, okay, well, this is, there is non-binary in there. Are we saying this is non-binary runner coming across or how are we identifying that without having rainbows everywhere to say this is it? <laughs> yeah. So we have to get really, and I think the industry has to do that. Like you might say, I don't have enough money for prize money. Okay, well, are you making sure that your security makes them feel that they can be, they can line up wherever they want? Can I use the bathrooms and feel that they're gender neutral? You know, is your shirt sizing? Shirt sizing is, that was a whole other conversation, but then there were trans women who, again, non-binary said, no, I'm very proud to wear a female shirt. So, you know, others that were non-binary said, no, I'd rather have slim fit, regular fit. So, but you've got to look at that. And I think it comes down to community conversations. And the, the so I'm actually documenting right now the hours of research in this because mm -hmm. I think we're just scratching it. I think there's been enough talk about, yes, do it. Yes, do it. We made the baby step. We've now have this category in there. It can go on your official driver's license. You've got to push it now and say, how does that change? But does it even change from male, female to no, I'm going to be a runner that races in this set of times. This is where I time, you know, I'm going to be a runner. I'm going to be B runner. And this mm -hmm. is my time set. I'm going to be C runner. And do you get rid of male, female? Like you've got to kind of just be able to look at it with totally different eyes. Oh yeah. That's, it's a whole new, like you really have to be able to think outside of the box and not get stuck. Yeah. In, and yeah. nothing is a bad idea. And we've had some crazy ideas come through. <laughs> not crazy. I'll yeah. Yeah. Creative. And that's what's going to happen. No one would think a company named Apple is ever going to make it with an Apple on the back. Yet it did. Yeah. But, and I think that's what's going to happen is, you know, how do we just forget the gender piece of it? You can have, you'll still have it, but could you race on, could you be on a time schedule that says, no, this is, this is it, or mm -hmm. I'm competing in this division, this division, and this division. Right. And that's just where you are. I don't know how that would work. Um, I think we still have a, a lot of time to go. I think it took a long time for 50 years ago. And it's crazy to think it's only 50 years ago, women were allowed in our sport and they right. were allowed in our sport, but not at equal prize money. Right. So yeah. it took us a while to get it to equal prize money. So, okay, can we get a gender? Can we do everything else though? You know, we were able to get women's bathrooms, porta johns. Eventually we got women's cut shirts and, and it's making women just feel like the sport was inclusive for them to mm -hmm. participate, which is crazy. It's only 50 years. Uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, now we have this. How do we make them, if we can't get X, which is that prize piece figured out or the timing, can we do Y? Can we make sure that, you know, 
people that see ads, they saw women in the ads. It wasn't just men running on the streets and women's shoes that were now sneaker based. And, you know, how, how does all of that evolve? So I think it, it'll still be some time, but it's fascinating to be on this. Yeah, uh, it is. This yeah. journey and to, to, to go through it. it. Yeah. Uh, and I need to do it for our race and for our city. And I don't want to put something out there without doing due diligence with other events. And New York and, and Boston and those guys are saying the same thing is you kind of want to, you don't want to say, oh, well, why aren't you doing what so-and-so did? Why aren't you doing what so-and-so? And it's really hard to say, um, you know, this athlete and I want to qualify for X. One, I don't know what my time is to qualify. And two, I need to find a race that I can qualify. But what happens if the races come together and say, okay, I think, you know, if we take the data from 2023, can 2024 have a really good time that uh, can we can we make some headway on it instead of just still having conversation? We need to do this. What is it? And, there, you know, we have to kind of build a plan. So part of me for Philly is building that plan out for other races to follow. And the other yeah. part is to do it for the industry. I'm scratching the surface with it. Um, yeah. And I know there's a lot of different opinions from it, but I think. There haven't been enough really, really hard conversations, which is why now I started to document the research that I'm doing with it and the hours and having these conversations because they're one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I don't know anybody else that's really doing it. I want to turn it over to somebody to do, but I don't think it's something, I'm not non-binary. I can't say this is what should happen with it. I think it takes multiple people to come out and I think it takes surveys. Like I would love to survey our school system. I said that how many youths out there identify as non-binary, but don't feel that they can say that. What mm -hmm. if we did a secret poll that says, Hey, how do you identify? And if you could do a sport, what it would be. I really think for this area, non-binary athletes will resonate with sports like running because you can participate who you are. You don't have to pick the boys side. You don't have to pick the girls side, like track field, soccer, basketball, baseball. You can just show up and be who you are registers who you are forget the prize money like just to be yourself to run mm -hmm. say i'm non-binary right. and okay that's great and then you go through a screening process and you get beeped and somebody says to you male or female like who, would you like to be screened by a male or a female oh female and, and no one second guesses it it's just like yeah. oh, there they don't judge they just oh okay or coming across here they come you know jill so-and-so or here they come it's been and you hear they and you hear them right. it should just be so natural and then i think the prize piece will come to it but there's definitely people say it's so small and it's such a small percentage of our races well it's because it hasn't been captured or tracked so there isn't yeah. enough data to say that it's greater but there's a gen z report that shows a decline in that population of runners but there's a seven percent growth and that seven percent growth is with this non-binary group of you know runners so how much more of that i think if you start to pull that back said so, and it's just like women there weren't many women coming out to say hey i want to be a runner because there wasn't an opportunity but the right. minute you say there's an opportunity and look at how the women <laughs> oh my god right? we're like taking over <laughs> correct point, at one point yeah. we were we were more than men when it came to percentage of running in races and now we have more pregnant women like i have more people asking me about you know breastfeeding which now has to be like chest feeding and i don't know that's a whole yeah. other piece um <laughs> but right. it's a yeah, yeah. space and i think it's fascinating i think you can embrace it and try to discover it for your community or you're going to be left on the door and someone else is going to be telling you how to do it so my mindset is if we're so new and cutting edge and i want to be a part of philadelphia as a major destination that's a diverse city um i would be in just not to really dive in and be a thought leader on that, but even just as the industry overall, because when decisions are made, I want to be able to have a voice at that table.
and say, I was part of that decision. We were part of making that happen. I can explain that to my community. I can explain it to other runners how this came to be. If you don't have a voice at the table, you can't make change. You, you, you can't pick a side. You can't do anything. It's like voting. It's like, go right. vote. But do you follow the who you're voting for? Do you follow this? Are you involved? Are you engaged? So it's it's fascinating. And I'd love to have this conversation with you a year from now, six months from oh, now. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. To see how it evolved and take snippets back to, oh, my gosh, we were here. Now look where we are. And Because I said this, I mean, the conversation I have with you today is not the conversation I'm going to have with you in six months. And it was like COVID. January of 20, or March of 2019, July of 2019, 2020, whatever it was. Yeah. Races then weren't the same as they were six months from then. And then from there to six months, like we were dealing with, oh, this COVID restriction, it's a mask, it's no mask, it's vaccinated, it's no vaccinated, it's you need to do this. No, you need to do that. I, I feel like this, it's it's just peeling back the layers, you know, that are And that's how better. quickly, wow. And that's how quickly things are changing. Like even in six months, the conversation you think will be completely different. I think it'll be completely different. Wow. That's like people oh, having yeah. the conversations. Oh, it's a, it's like a really um, interesting, like spot to be a part of, like to position to be in. And I, I am thinking about your, you know, that you're in the, um, wait, the uh, U.S. board, running USA, oh, running board, USA, the running USA board. And like, obviously that's one of the things that you're talking about there. What are the other things that um, I guess are coming up right now, like that you guys are talking about? Oh, we have conferences else? coming up next next week. Yeah. So there's still things of education and what does the you know the industry does for all the different size events. Because you look at it and there's big events like us. There's bigger events like New York and Chicago. Then there's small events. Uh, yeah. And you really have to say, what is it that all of us need? What are the tools that all of us need? And I think it, one of them, it does revolve around this non-binary. You go into some smaller areas, some of the timers, there's education on timers. There's just education on people that aren't, that have runs, that their main job isn't being a race director. That's a side hustle for them. Yeah, there's a oh, right. lot of yeah. them that are out there that aren't making a living as a race director because they've got a thousand runners or 1200 mm -hmm. runners. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's, it's what's the evolution. I think that's where we're looking at for, you know, the industry and for conference. There, there's all, different topics that are on there and what are the tools and what are the assets that you can have, even social media. Um, I'm often asked to come and talk to different races about social media marketing. You have TikTok that's coming up now and Twitter, people don't want to be on Twitter. Uh, so how is that even evolving on how they're getting their messaging out and right. videos becoming so dominant? How do we go about that if we can't afford, you know, we're, I'm used to my photographer just taking pictures at the finish line. Now a photographer has to have vid video. Because that's where this, you know, we're going. So it's really trying to be forward thinking. Um, okay, where do we want to be in three years? What do we need to be in five years? And what are we doing now to succeed in five years? And that for some people, when you get into this position, some people can sit there and always have their eye on three to five years. And others are like, I just need to get through today. All yeah. I need to do today is order my shirts. And I need to know how many shirts I'm getting. And, you know, and, and are they going to be in time? And how many medals am I going to get? And what do I want that they're not really thinking how to grow and expand and scale. And, you know, the industry as a whole has to look at, okay, here's where you are today. What do you need to do today for three years? And I'm telling people all the time, you know, when you have your race come up, that race weekend should be focused on next year. Their experience is to have them come back. The videos that you catch and the pictures that you catch are to market the following year. So when it's race day, yes, it's race day. It's the end of that, but it's also the beginning of 
if they have a great experience, they're going to want to come back. So I'm already on the following year by the time I get to race weekend. It's like, all right, today's the day. This is the first day of next year. Because however you feel coming and however your experience was that that day, that's the lasting impression of I'm doing this again or I'm not doing this again. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. No, that's so true. But like, how do you even keep up with how quickly things change, especially with social media? I mean, like you just said, like, you know, Twitter is the thing and then it's TikTok and then people are like pissed at TikTok and then it's Instagram. Like, how do you even keep up and think that far ahead when things are changing so quickly? I could totally see how being a race director would be like, I just got to deal with what's going on right now because I have no idea what the thing is going to be in like a couple months. Yeah, I think I'm a freak of nature. Um, (laughs) (laughs) These days, these days, I'm serious. Like, I feel like so many people are just like day by day. (laughs) like Uh, Because that's my business is social media. So I'm so fascinated by it. I understand it, but I have an amazing team. I don't sleep, live, breathe like they do. Um, But that's primarily where they spend their time is just staying up to date on what are the latest trends, technologies. And I keep my pulse very... and race directors are different. Some of them are just operation people. Like I'm an ops, that marketing piece, I'm not good at. I'm not great at the website. I'm not great at social. I just have to be a social person that my career has been about digital marketing and marketing. So I tend to lean heavily on that. And because I know operations so well in logistics, especially big event logistics, that's like, I can figure that out in my sleep. Okay, that road's closed. There's a water main break. Great. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I think that's enough space to move this. I'm going to hop on Google Earth. Um, but I'm a digital, we're digitally savvy. And I don't think yeah. a lot of places are. And it's interesting because we're unique and we're an agency, but my staff doesn't always stay the same because they can burn out. The challenge that some mm-hmm. smaller races are is you can't afford to hire someone. And if you do, where are they going to grow? So, you know, from my standpoint, my staff is always getting shaken up and I have them on Philly one year and then the next year they might be on Buffalo, but then they'll come back to Philly when they can get a, or I'll have them evolve and say, okay, you were Philly writing content, but next year you're going to spearhead the brand ambassador program and handle all of the graphic design. Um, If you don't keep your team fresh and growing, social can burn out really quick, really quick. Yeah, yeah. To keep doing and I, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe you're in a u- unique position because you're so, I mean, big, at least in my opinion, like I can see how like you could actually have an influence on the marketing, right? And how marketing f- is affected. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause you're like yeah. Philly and like you're, you're working with like these big races. So you can actually have an impact on, like, you can almost say like, well, Instagram's going to be where it's at or like something like that, which you know, instead of trying to figure out where it's going to be, you can almost say like, this is, this is where it's going to be for us. This is where yeah, we're going to have the most I'll impact or whatever. That. Uh, and some people are doing great with LinkedIn. Some smaller races and corporate challenges are doing fantastic with LinkedIn. Really? But they get somebody, the ones that are, are the people that that race director loves LinkedIn. They use it for their corporate job. They know how to navigate it. They, they work it. It's one of those things that if you're in social, you got to do what you love. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a daunting task and you don't want to do it. So right. you got to pick the channels that you really, really love. Uh, and people keep saying TikTok, TikTok. The problem with TikTok <laughs> is our characters are so limited and it's constant video. Oh yeah. So for a race to do it means somebody has to be on video all the time. And we post, if not every day, multiple times a day um, on the different platforms. So it's really tough to tell somebody, go do that. 
every year until you figure it out. Now we'll probably dabble into it this year a little bit, but I've gone out and asked the community and our different running organizations. Like if we dabble into TikTok, we need you to be content curators with us. Cause I don't have enough to just sit there and say, they don't want to see me every day. Hey, I'm at my desk and here's what we're doing today. <laughs> right. Uh, it, you know, and, and that's what TikTok's about is like, Oh, that's fun. That's cool. That's neat. How does it really, you know, race weekend is about the best time that that works. And that's kind of like Twitter. We don't really need, we're not high demand Twitter until race weekend. And then our Twitter feed goes through the roof because everybody wants right. instant, like this change, yeah. that change, the race might start, the seminar series is starting. You know, but during the year, it's like, okay, we're having the, unless we have something prominent to tell, we're not, we're not a sport that is Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. You need to have event, 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 event. Um, and Philly Marathon just doesn't like New York Road Run. New York does because they have constant events every single day and probably have 300 events. So you can be right. successful on Twitter. You know, a race like ours, it's once a year and other races, it's like, okay, what do I do in August? <laughs> Am I going to right. tweet about that? Make people think about me. But Instagram and Facebook, just a little bit different. People are on there engaging in a different way. I, no, it's, and it's true. And there's, it's no wonder that people need an expert to, try to figure it out because it's and you're right you have to be like interested in it and or else you're just gonna get like burnt out yeah twitter's your news feed like what's the latest news like what's the late but instagram and facebook are a connectivity with the community a little bit more than twitter with what was that stat who won that race what was that time uh you know you're just going there for refresh 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 of you know the latest event that's going on versus I trained today and here it is. And, but we have people yeah. that do that, that consistently train there that have very high followers um, that know how to engage in it. And, but they're not on any other platform either, really. Like, What's just, your preferred uh, like platform? Instagram. Okay. Both for personally and for um, Philly. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I don't spend as much time personally, even on all yeah. fitness events. Like people would say, I'm like, we don't market on all fitness events. If you want to see what we do, here are all of our clients. Um, oh, right. And the and the reason being is we work for our clients. So we were doing a lot of posting on there. And it got to be daunting. I'm like, well, they can just go look at, you can look at Philly Marathon. You can look at the OC. You can look at, like, we, we go through Warner Brothers. You can look at Wonder Woman. You can look at Batman series that we did. That's going to show you more of what we do than me posting on all fitness events. I'd rather mm -hmm. take the, the time and put it into our clients. And we have our clients up there like, hey, if you want to see how we do what we're doing here's here it is um so i kind of backed off of that which is odd because everyone's like well i don't see you even really active on there i'm like nope but if you go here you'll see we're posting x amount of times a day and we just won an international gold award for events for philly marathon's facebook page so you know right. go look at that <laughs> right 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 now i mean you're doing so much and like so many amazing things and it's so exciting and like obviously I feel like you're one of those people who like works doing something that they like love and they're passionate about, but is there anything that you are like, you wish you could do, or you're kind of like, Oh, that would be really cool. Or just anything that, that you like haven't done that is in your, your brain that you, you kind of eventually want to do. Um, personally or professionally. Well, both, <laughs> but uh, yeah. whatever's easiest to answer. I mean, either, either, either one. Yeah, yeah. I really love educating people about social media. So speaking and speaker series is definitely something I'd love to do is to sit down and just brainstorm with them and give them tools and applications. So I'll, I'll do more public speaking this year. Yeah, because I love talking about running and fitness. So from, from that standpoint, 
my goal would be to have the largest kids run children's run, you know, in the country. Like I'd love to see 11,000 kids just lining up to do a run. Um, so I, you know, the more that we go through Philly, it's really diving in and how can these races do grant programs that go back into the school systems? I, I think that there's some value there, even around the non-binary and how many of our youth identify as non-binary, but have been put into singular stations of male, female, because soccer yeah. sports. But I think for us, we saw 12 non-binary students last year. We're up to 22. So even that fascinates me. I'm big on the research. And yeah. whatever research pulls us to is like, okay, how can we, um, how can we un under, you know, uncover that? So I keep striving for that, but more on the, the public speaking platform. And I can see if we get enough hours in research with the non-binary, educating people on this and the transgender to make it all inclusive. I think that there's, you know, and as, as the same with the para athletes, I think we can do more with our wheelchair athletes and we're an accessible city. We do not have enough wheelchair athletes. Um, I would love to, finally get to, I want to bid on, you know, an Olympic trial, be involved in that in a destination that hasn't had it. Uh, I'd like to get some world majors, make one of our races an event for something else. So I've got big goals, big yeah, things that I'd like to, to yeah. work on. I mean, obviously this non-binary and the research stuff you're doing is um, really interests you and stuff like that. So while you're talking about that, I'm like, wh like, where are you even researching? Like, where do you get your research? How, like, are you talking to the, the actual people in the community are you like where like where's the research even coming from yeah i started with reaching out to um actually our lgbtq community reached out to us and oh, really said, let's go run let's have a run and talk let's talk about last year um one of it was i'm new to the position i didn't really have a chance to get emerged into and i live in center city but when i took over officially as the race director this year it was the end of july going into august okay and our race was in november so it it was really tough to my vision of was okay i've got to get through COVID. we still had a COVID restriction plan so i was still looking at mm. which is kind of crazy because you're like oh there's that still is. restrictions on it yeah yeah we didn't lift our COVID restriction until august the end of august beginning of september wow the vaccination so we were still under that uh, we had some construction things i needed to make sure we're taken care of staffing we were extremely short on staff we went through some really um strenuous RFP when you're a city. We, I, I came on on a year that most of the operation items that we needed from security to food to tents, um, equipment, all had to have RFPs. So mm -hmm. request for proposals, which as a private entity, you don't have to do that. You can pick who you want. Right. Um, we had to go through that process, which is a very legal process to yeah. get all of these vet all of these, interview all of these. So it was really tough to get out into the community. And then I had a really big push on bringing up the equity for our um, athletes with disabilities. I really wanted an elite push from field, um, which we were able to get 10 really great, you know, to see that in the competition was so exciting for me and to bring in para athletes yeah. and to have a more robust presence in that space. You know, and then this year it'll be okay. We So we weren't, we wobble. Like every year it's kind of, okay, who else can we get? What else can we do? The growth is we still want to go after that market. And I eventually would love to see elite athletes like a Jarrett Ward and a, I'll say Des Linden or Shane Lee, like those names coming and competing in one of our races. And it yeah. probably wouldn't be the marathon because you'll have New York, but can we get them in half marathon? Can we get them in the 8K? Can we get those athletes to come and run? But what, what else do we do to, to attract those? What amenities do we need to do from hotel? What What's the experience for them to come in? 
uh, that we need to change and do shakeout runs to, you know, their bottle drops and just all of the logistics that go to bringing in elite athletes. So we kind of had all of that stuff. And now it's okay. This is an area of great opportunity along with the power athletes. You know, we still want to work with athletes are elites, but I want to really bring elites in the elites that we see up on stage, helping to promote us and high five us like Jared. And I want to see you run one of our races, (laughs) Yeah, whoever it is. Um, yeah. Come back and have that, you know, and then the celebrities, you you want to have that notoriety that people are like, oh my gosh, so-and-so just ran. You see for New York all the time, all these celebrities, I'm going to get some Philly celebrities and we call oh, yeah. Kevin Hart and Pink and yes, yes. anybody else I can get. <laughs> come Wait, have me. you, have you had anybody like any celebrities run Philly? Not since I've been on board. No, but I'm sure some are tucked away, but I, that, that'd be a great goal. Like, yeah, I yeah, that works for sure. Um, I know we're um, about already coming up at three, but I like, why is this so important to you? Like what you're doing and uh, you know, I, I get like, I mean, you have the ability to really make an impact in the sport, but why are the the things that you're doing right now so important to you? The changes that I you're have trying to make. a vision that my life is about a purpose and, and a passion. And I'm fortunate to, and my purpose is just to help people. I, my, greatest joy is seeing the last person come across the finish line Mm -hmm. Uh, and the stories that are there. I wasn't a fast runner. I was always told when high school, you're too slow. You're, you're, I was built for long distance. Like I'm built for ultra distances, um, ultra triathlons, which I've, I've done and I've exceeded in them, but I'm not that sprinter person. So I changed and I became a really good, efficient runner and I, I just love the stories behind it. I just think there's a place to to help more people. Like that's the best thing. I, you met me and I'm like, okay, what can I do to bring you here? Like I yes. love, love, love the runners yeah, um, and all their so stories yep. and it, the good and the bad. I want to improve. So I take criticism like, all right, all right. I call it my wet seal. Like it has to roll off my back and I smack it with my tail <laughs> and I'm thick skinned. But yeah. it's it's that passion. I really was able to turn a, a passion a purpose that i had was to just i want to see this kids run i want to see people do something i never thought they could do no matter what it is move their bodies in ways they never help combat you know mental illness like if you think of all the things that moving your body can help you with so i have a purpose and i have a passion and i was able to blend both of them and that's yeah. where i am i truly believe the universe has me here for a reason uh, and it's to shift people's lives and make a difference in a positive way Like, where do you think that comes from? Like, I mean, you know, growing up, like, did you have influences or I don't know, role models that like, where does that drive come from for helping people? Do you know? It's a weird thing. My parents are always very good with that. Like they're like the, anybody that needs something you do, but that wasn't how my, you know how it shifted for me. I'll never forget. I was working for a chiropractor randomly and he fired me and he gave me a book by Shakti Guang called Living in the Light. And I said, oh my God, you're firing me. I can't believe this. He's like, you have a greater purpose in this world than working for me. So yes, you're fired. Go read this book and go figure it. And I started down a spiritual journey that, as you know, I'm a yoga instructor. I do yoga. Yeah. That is different. And a lot of in and out, soul searching, justice, um, there's things in me that he just, that's kind of where it really took off and really was, yeah, I got fired and he handed me a book. (laughs) Wow. Wait, when was that? How long ago was that? Oh my gosh. I was 
maybe 20 at the time. Okay. Oh my God. That's what, that's so interesting. Yeah. And he, he was just an amazing person. And I have the book and he lives in Colorado. So I'm going to actually take it with me and try to deliver it to him when I go out for running USA and give oh. it back to him. So do you still talk to like, have you kept in touch with him? No, no. Oh, really? He fired me. My wounds were really sad. And I remember <laughs> hiding out in the tub and I'd be reading this book and I must've read it 10 times. And then I just started to live that way. Like really, I, trust me, my, my life is at its ups and downs and its bumps and its bruises, but there's something innate in me that just has this spiritual side of you got to do what you're meant to do. And if you don't, and I have, I have a podcast that'll come out. It's called live, leave, achieve, live your life by leading your life to achieve your dreams. And you've got to lead your life. People don't lead their lives. They live their lives, mm -hmm. but really how many of you really lead? It's like, Oh, I wish I could do that. I was like, go do it. Go right. do it. I am. And the big jumps that I've made, like somebody would say, why would you ever leave the position that you left with the city to go try to start your own business. You're like, that's just crazy. I'm like, but if you don't leap, you're never going to know where you can fly. So, right. you know, and I've, I've crashed and I've picked myself back up and it's just a tenacity in me. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to live a mediocre life. You want to, you know, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're lucky to have oxygen that we have and to have this breath and opportunity. It's a gift. Be yeah, grateful for it. Don't waste it. <laughs> um, well, I like you have, always since i met you i met you i can't believe it's only been last year i know yeah, yeah. It was, it's only been may yeah yeah but yeah i find you super inspiring and um i definitely look up to you as like an inspiration so um thank you for connecting with me and obviously for your time on the call today but if uh, you, know, you have i'm a fan <laughs> if you i'm a have fan any nikki you know I consider you a friend, a dear friend. So whatever I can do Aww. to keep you going, inspire you, have you, you know, that's what it's about. Uh, thank you so much. Do you have any um, wise words, words of wisdom that you can leave us with? Um, any favorite quotes or anything like that? Oh man, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a Coco Chanel girl when it comes to quotes. Uh, that comes to quotes. quotes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I just read the other day, what, what's your favorite? Uh, mine would be to be irreplaceable. You need to be different. Yep. Um, you know, that to me is something I, you, it doesn't matter where you are, no matter how you are in life is if you really want to be irreplaceable, it's something, be different, be unique, right. um, exactly. you know, be yourself. So I, I truly fly by that. You know, it's my main mantra is like, it's your race, it's your pace, but it's, it's really not. It's about trying to go out there and strive and, and do the best, but just be that, be, if you're unique, Every one of us is unique. I, you know, somebody's like, oh, she's just like, no, no, no I'm just like Kathleen. I am Kathleen. And right. that is amazing. You know, oh, you're so inspired. You're, nope, I'm Kathleen. You're that. Nope, I'm Kathleen. It's just <laughs> be your, you know, no, I'm a Nikki. Yep. I'm a Nikki. I, yeah, I'm a, you're, you're, the, it's easy for you to be a runner. You're a marathoner. No, I'm not. I'm a Nikki. <laughs> like, right. I own right. my identity. Yeah. Uh, and all of its quirks that come with it, because that's what makes this world a beautiful place is all of our quirks coming together. And we're all just souls here vibrating. It's just some of us vibrate at different levels and you got to go vibe with your people, uh, you know? And if you're not vibing with the right people, go find another vibe in another tribe. Right, and if you're not uh, being authentic to who you are, you're not going to find those people. So that's why you just got to embrace your uniqueness. Yeah. For sure. All right, Kathleen. Well, I hope you have an amazing weekend. Stay warm and uh, 
thank you again for your time today. Anytime. Anything for you. Aw, thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll talk to you. Take care. Take care. Bye. See you next. Thanks for listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Then stay tuned for next week where we will hear from the inspiring and crazy fast athlete Mitch Ammons, who qualified for the Olympic trials with a 2.16 marathon time at CIM in December of last year, noting on Instagram that the journey started only five years ago when he was two years sober from meth and heroin. Running 100% keeps me sober. I was a bad drug addict. Uh, I was the type that ends up dead or in prison. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. Keep running, keep inspiring, and keep sharing how maybe running will help. Have a great run, everybody. I hit record a job, you can't ignore it I'm transforming now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it Champagne Perrier, finished friends on my face Looking like I'm from the deep, these no Cartier's Pockets deep, 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 bro, I can make it in my seat, bro Do you and do me, bro, making noise, use a If you went in the call, stop recording. All right, stop recording. Recording. Stop recording. Stop recording. <laughs>